You may be surprised to see me up here. I usually preach from down there, but with the beauty of the flowers and the beauty of all of your faces, I just wanted to get a better view. This is the fullest this sanctuary has been in over two years. Praise be to God that we can be here together to celebrate the resurrection of Christ on this morning. It lifts my hearts and spirits to be with you. The energy that we experience in this room this morning, in this sanctuary, the number of faces that I'm seeing as I look out are a stark contrast to what it was like in those early moments of dawn on Easter Sunday when the resurrection was revealed through whispers at dawn. Luke tells us the story this morning, and he invites us to join a group of women as they go to visit the tomb of Jesus. And so I want to invite us all to come alongside of these women this morning as they make their way to the tomb. But before we get there, I'd like for us to take a few steps back and trace their footsteps all the way to the tomb. You see, in Luke's gospel, this is a group of women that we meet all the way back in chapter 8, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. In chapter 8, Luke tells us that there was a group of women, including Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and others, who had at some point been healed by Jesus. And then they chose to follow him and to help support his ministry They cared for him and his disciples as they all traveled around Galilee in ministry together. These women were some of Jesus' disciples from the very beginning of his ministry. We see them again mentioned by name on Good Friday. They are there as Jesus is nailed to the cross. And they witness him as he takes his last breath. They're mentioned again as standing there and watching as Joseph of Arimathea takes Jesus' lifeless body and places it in a tomb. So they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is dead. Their friend, their Lord and Savior, their teacher, their rabbi, their beloved one is no more. And this ministry that they had been part of, this this movement of the birthing of the kingdom of God on earth has now come to an end. And after Jesus is placed in the tomb, they go back to where they had been staying and do the only thing they know how to do, put together some ointments and spices so that they can take care of his body and give him a proper burial. There's nothing left for them to do. From their perspective, it's over. And then the sun goes down on Friday And it's the beginning of the Sabbath day, and they're faithful Jewish women, and they know that they're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. And so they rest, or they try to. Can you imagine how helpless and hopeless they must have felt just sitting on their hands for 24 hours, not able to do anything but wait? And so I'm not surprised that Luke says that at the very earliest moment of dawn, as the the light just began to break, these women made their way to the tomb. I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed up all night waiting for the Sabbath to end so they could go and care for the body of their beloved Lord and Savior. 
I wonder, as we think about them in those moments before they discover the empty tomb, if we can identify with them. If we can imagine what it was like to be them and the other disciples on that Saturday, feeling so hopeless and helpless, as if death had had the final word, as if empire had won the day, as if hate had overcome love, as if everything they hoped for for the future had been stripped away. I know many of us, if not all of us, know what that feels like. As we have lived through these two years of pandemic, the helplessness so many of us have felt in those months before there was a vaccine, there was just nothing we could do but wait. And even after the vaccine, if we got vaccinated, we still had to wait and wait, helpless and unable to do anything to make it go away. We've had that feeling, I know many of us have, as we've followed the events of of what's happening in Ukraine, and I don't know about you, but I feel so helpless. I can pray, but I don't know what else to do. And it feels like evil has won the day. It feels like death has won. It feels like empire has come out ahead. Maybe in your own life, in the life of those you love, you have faced a loss, a disease, a loss of a job, struggles that you feel helpless to fix. And it feels like all that there is to do is to sit on our hands and, and feel lost. Well, these women are with us in that feeling. And yet here they are showing up just doing what they can do, bringing their little jars of spices for this final act of love for Jesus. And it's because they show up that they're the first to hear the news. They get to the tomb expecting the body of Jesus to find it empty. Now at first they're just perplexed They don't know what in the world has happened. And then suddenly, two figures in dazzling clothes appear before them. Luke doesn't call them angels. I'll call them angels. Messengers from God, whispering at dawn, He is not here. He is risen. I don't know if they could grasp it at first. Luke never says that they believed right away. They just began to remember, as the angels told them to, that Jesus had told them before, three times, that he would die and then would rise again on the third day. And it begins to dawn on them, and so they run and tell the others, He is risen. And the others don't believe them. In fact, they say, It's Leros. That's the Greek word. And from that word, we get the word delirious. It's nonsense. It's hooey. There is no way in the world that that is possible. And we can't blame them. How impossible is it to believe that Jesus would be raised from the dead? And yet, as these women, as all of these disciples sat in darkness and hopelessness and despair on that Saturday, God was raising Jesus from the dead. It looked to them like all was lost, that there was no hope, that everything was over. 
And even as they were thinking and feeling all of those things, God was at work in the darkness, bringing about life from death, giving victory to love, bringing an end to the power of empire once and for all. They didn't even know it yet. I don't know about you, my friends, but that gives me such deep hope. In those moments when we feel helpless and hopeless, when we think all is lost, when we think it is over, God is at work redeeming and bringing about new life. It is good news for you and me because it's a reminder that it is not we who save the world. We do not raise Jesus from the dead. It is God's doing and God's power, and it is already done. So even now, in those moments in our lives, in our world, when we begin to lose hope, let us remember that we are Easter people and that God has already finished the work. Our job is to be like these women, to show up, to do what we can do, to do our best to begin to grasp it and believe it, and to go and tell others. You know, through this whole last chapter of Luke's gospel, it's a dawning of belief. Those disciples didn't believe it at first, and then even when Jesus appears in their midst as the risen Christ, Luke tells us they are still wondering and in their disbelieving, they're still not sure what to make of it all. But Jesus is risen from the dead nonetheless. So if you have struggles believing it, if you struggle with the darkness and and believing that love really wins and that death does not have the final word, then you are in good company this morning. And you can rest assured alongside me and all of us that Christ has been raised from the dead without our help. And hear the invitation that comes from these women this morning. It's like two sides of the same coin. On one side of the coin, Christ has been raised. God has raised Jesus from the dead and there is nothing left that we need to do. On the other side of the coin, God has raised Jesus from the dead and so now we must do what we can do to bring our jars of spices to show up to the world as it is with love and hope, to tell the story with words if we have to, but always with our actions, with our love, and with our hope. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Amen.